My name is Dilip Bhatta. I was raised in Nepal. I came to this country more than a decade and a half ago. I am practicing law in New York City and we have our own law firm. And today I am with Anuj and Deepika podcast at the end of the day. It is so wonderful to have you. Uh, Dilip is one of those attorneys and one of those uh, a uh, person of high profile in the in the Nepalese community in the US who uh, people like us as new immigrants in the US really uh, like look up to i would actually uh, like to request you to uh, you know um, begin telling your story from the point when you first landed in uh, US you know like any other young people who come to this country you have to land on somewhere so first uh landing was in LA from their connecting flight i mm -hmm. came to wisconsin madison um it was winter very cold i was supposed to go to a law school doing uh, a master program in umad university of madison is in wisconsin midwest uh very close to chicago if you, some people don't know this word oh mm -hmm. okay um so but it was very cold and there were other difficulties uh, i was going through in terms of understanding adopting whether this and that and what i decided to do is okay this is not the place i stayed there for about 4 months okay so then moved to warmer place some people suggested and san francisco san francisco is where i learned a lot of things did a lot of things uh from beginning beginner's job to mm -hmm. uh even worked for a law firm mm -hmm. until i moved to new york around 2006 mm -hmm. um i was doing a law school there before that i went to city college of san francisco and then i got to the golden gate uh, university and then i did year and a half evening classes in golden gate university it's very interesting i have even done some uh, internship uh kamala harris for example oh, uh, oh okay yeah, she mm -hmm. was san francisco da mm -hmm. while i was interning under her um It's 2004, I think. Oh okay. What yes. inspired you to uh, apply for internship with her? Well, I did other internships also. It's not only <laughs> one thing. I did uh, three, four. I had a paid job. Mm -hmm. I had internship uh, part time. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I was going to school and all this. It was like not an amazing <laughs> mm -hmm. time, but well, I had energy because you know you have to have experience to go to. do well in law school my goal was still mm -hmm. the law school even though I was in city college i was researching about you and you were doing well for yourself in san francisco in that legal firm that you just uh, mentioned but all of a sudden you you thought of quitting everything yeah and came to new york city correct that Where was you, uh, that was in 2006 6. yes and people were telling you that uh, you were crazy oh yeah what uh, was that <laughs> craziness about as i said you know in san francisco i had started from working for a restaurant to uh, front desk to all these art jobs to I had finally a law firm job which is very uh, respected law firm in downtown San Francisco um the pay was very well and I had my apartment I was helping couple of friends from from back home I had even helped them to get established there. Mm -hmm. um, my apartment, your bike, your gym members. I was like living like a regular life. Like living like American, American dream. dream. Yes. Um, <laughs> I had everything, you know. Right. You go to gym, you have bike, you go uh, biking, running in the right. park with the friends and I had few sets of friends and I was going to law school in the evening, had a job. Mm -hmm. um, in our language you were settled. I was <laughs> and where everybody was struggling the people that I 
new mm-hmm. to get to where I wanted to be at that time. And then later I decided uh, maybe I want to do something not the Golden Gate University. I wanted to transfer myself from there to here. I applied to, I didn't apply in any other university in the East Coast. New mm-hmm. York is what I was looking for. I applied to only one university here. So I said, okay, I want to do, do business and intellectual property. I don't know why I was so fascinated mm-hmm. about that then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied and got accepted. I left everything there, including my bike, and uh, um, <laughs> which I like. Uh, I haven't <laughs> had a bike since then. Um, uh, apartment, school, job. Mm-hmm. Even my boss was not uh, quite convinced. He said, uh, why are you going? You know, you have everything going here. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing this many things for you guys, mm-hmm. uh, so you can stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, no, I wanted to be in a bigger place. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco was not what it is today. Mm-hmm. Plus, it wasn't as expensive as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wanted to be in a bigger place, so I found a room in Craigslist. I left everything there, and I moved here. Which school did you go to in New York? Yeshiva uh, University. They had a very good... Th- at that time, uh, they had number one intellectual property, uh, number two or three mm-hmm. in, um, uh, property program in the United States. Oh, so that's the reason I, I actually came here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So then you graduated, and then what? Yes, I graduated, and then... Wait! But before you graduated, did you have enough money to go to school in New York? Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay. How, how did you find a job in New York? I what happened? About 30000 I had in my pocket. Yeah. So I got admission here, did my loan-related things and everything. Uh, so everything got already, you know, approved, and that's why I made a move. And I did not work for a whole year and a half year. Okay. And that happens, uh, financial crisis, 2008. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This uh, economic crisis where a lot of lawyers were being laid off, oh. law firms were being closed. It's very bad for the whole country. Right. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine who is who was my roommate also from France um, is uh, more experienced and he talked me out of this, like, hey, listen, this is probably the right time you want to start something on your own. Wow. Also, interesting thing, you know, when I was in San Francisco, at some point, I was, uh, uh, there were very few people, I met this gentleman uh, who was the uh, immigration court interpreter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he actually convinced me to do that as a part-time. Okay. Oh. So I got all my immigration knowledge from inter- the interpretation. I did not study immigration whatsoever. Oh, interesting. <laughs> then I self-taught myself after taking, uh, opening a law firm. I said, where am I going to start from? So I had to start from something. Uh, so this went on until 2007, I think. Mm-hmm. So this is where I learned the immigration law. So I started from this because you have to start from somewhere. Right. Um, you need the money. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I started our law firm because I wanted to be big in a bigger city. That's why I'm here. I started from Wall Street, mm-hmm. 110. And the rent was, uh, I think, about $1,500 or so mm-hmm. in 2009. Nine, okay. okay. So I didn't have the money, so I borrowed from my brother. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. gave me first month rent. <laughs> so, uh, but I returned him. Okay. Uh, With interest. Time. Not interest. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, this is, <laughs> this is a true story. So okay. I, I had run out of money, everything, a loan, everything I had right. saving, so nothing. And I had to do something. I could get a job easily, mm-hmm. but I thought this is the right time. I wanted to, I had worked enough for different um, uh, businesses um, and also law firms. So I thought I wanted to, I didn't even think uh, I would be this big or mm-hmm. I wanted to be big. Right. I just wanted to do something on my own. Um, wasn't thinking what would happen next year. I wanted to give it a shot. And I had a couple of other friends who were, you know, other lawyers who were helping me out or we help each other. 
Uh, one guy did the same thing in France after returning from here. Mm -hmm. oh. So we were in contact and he is in a very big lawyer in Algeria now. Mm -hmm. um, so this is how uh, everything started. Mm -hmm. uh, since then, I mean, never looked back. So you started your entrepreneurship during the, you know, the crisis situation and now you came out of it pretty good. Uh, tell us, tell us the first year of starting your entrepreneurship. How difficult was it and how did you overcome it? Before even I started my office, I had a few files uh, in my home, about five or six files. This mm -hmm. is what gives me, gave me some uh, confidence to go on our own. But they had given me the file, not the money. So you, you, you know. Oh, you mean people are interested to get service from you? Yes, but that came from because some of the people had seen me in the court because okay, I was okay. interpreting. I was working with the judges. They oh. had liked me, so they, they. It's all about referral. You know, if you oh. don't know someone, mm -hmm. they, they, uh, you know, they refer. Mm -hmm. So they had seen me. Uh, doing my job and some of the judges uh, even in New York were like okay if he comes to my court that's fine as interpreter I don't want anybody else I oh. have had that situation mm -hmm. so obviously they must have liked me yeah. <laughs> so I started from that I've done you know, a lot of business work too mm -hmm. uh, litigations we've done a lot of type of different work you know right. we are now about eight people full-time employees we have together Great. yeah and your office is located at it's right here um, um, in near Brand Park Fifth oh. Avenue and uh, 41st Street. And it's called Bhatta Law and Associates. Yes. One concern of the immigrants who uh, have been practicing law back home and now want to get into the same profession mm -hmm. and work as, a, as uh, an attorney in the U.S., one concern would be the language barrier. Yes, you know how to speak in English, but you have to defend, you have to argue. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, it's all about playing with words. Yeah. So not everyone is as confident. Yeah, I think uh, it's a couple of things. You know, your um, it can be gained through experiences. Mm -hmm. Number one, number two, you also it it actually helps if you had a base because I was sent to a boarding school when I was growing up, right. and that helped me a little bit. Plus, you know, I as you can see that I I have made very uh, bold decisions to learn something that was not even related to me and uh, big moves from here to there. Uh, I haven't seen people um, struggling with the the ability to speak and convey their uh, message to the judge and to the client. But you know, immigration is such a type of law that every judges, every officers, they know they have probably faced more than three, four hundred language speaking people in mm -hmm. their lives. So right. a, a language is not a, a problem. Mm -hmm. Even New York City, any judge, any court, anywhere you go, I think you guys right. can agree with me that. Mm -hmm. uh, People will understand you. True. What has your craziness, you know, the craziness yeah. uh, taught you? And what message do you want to give out to our audience? Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to be uh, for us. So you should do whatever feels right today. You know, that's what got me here. I wasn't thinking of today when I made every decision and I will not be thinking tomorrow when I make decision today. If it feels right today, just go for it. Mm -hmm. Whether you decide for your client, whether you decide for yourself, whether you decide your family or country, which, whichever you decide this for. It has to feel today as a reasonable person. If this is right today, if this is good, I think it will turn out to be good. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with me. If anybody wants to reach out, how can they reach out to you? 
if some people there um, want to talk to me, it doesn't have to be about law or something. If there is any way I can help, I've helped a lot of people by mm -hmm. giving them internships or even recommending to the right people and right resources. Mm -hmm. If anybody has those kind of uh, issues or even need to speak with me, I would be happy. They can reach out to me. Batallaw.com is my website. Okay. And they can call us. We are right here in Grand Central mm -hmm. uh, and Brand Partner. Do you want to say your email address? Yeah. Maybe a professional email address. This is drb at batallaw.com. And if you are writing an email to attorney Dilip Bhatta, make sure you write at the end of the day in the subject line so that he knows exactly where the emails are coming from. So, yeah, thank you so much really for this wonderful interview. And it was really fascinating uh, listening to your journey, listening to your craziness, well, as people would say. <laughs> yes, I think so too. Thank you. On that note, let's end our podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening our podcast. Yes, and along with that, we would like to thank uh, English speaking union, ARNIC. ARNIC stands for Andrew Romy New Immigrant Center for providing us the space to record this podcast. And if you are a new immigrant in the US and you would like to take English learning classes or if you would like to take classes on uh, how to adjust better with uh, American culture and how to build uh, professional skills in the US job market. This is the place that you can contact. They provide free classes. So we will catch you next. And please and subscribe our channel at the end of the day. Yes. Or contact these guys. Bye. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, a quick note. If you have a personal story that you think might be helpful to the newly arriving immigrants in the US, please contact us. We would love to feature you in our podcast. Go to our website, podcast at the end of the day dot com and write to us by going to the feedback section. And by the way, if you love this podcast, you can support us with a small donation. Your help will enable us to continue producing more episodes. The link to support our podcast is in the description below.